0: Hello my friends, how are you? Um you know how I say at the end of every episode that it can't be a good week every week? Um well this week I did not have a good week. I have been like so sick. <laughs> so sick i have never outside of like serious illness been so sick for so long i don't know what is going on i went to the doctor he said it's like a gastric book anyway you don't want the details Um, unfortunately because i'm a woman, woman but i can't even speak because i'm a one woman operation that means i was not able to produce the podcast this week um i'm really sorry about that but I have something for you. Um, don't worry. But before I get to what I have for you, I wanted to say congratulations to our beloved Eva Moore on the launch of her book, The Long Game. It's out now. You can go and buy it in a bookshop if you didn't pre-order it, but I'm sure you did. Um, it's been getting brilliant reviews and we are just absolutely delighted for her. And by we, I mean me and all of you, I think. <laughs> um, also, we just announced a show uh, in conversation with Louise McSharry in Limerick. If you're in Limerick, I would love if you would come and join me in Dolan's on the 18th of October and um, I think everyone who's come has given me amazing feedback on the live shows I've done so far it is such a fun part of what I'm doing these days um, and I will definitely give you some lols I'll give you something to think about um, and we'll just have a great time I also think I'm even going to have some merch for this show which I'm very excited about and um, But that's kind of the important bits I wanted to get out of the way at the top. Um, Since I couldn't produce a regular episode for you this week, I wanted to share with you something, um, a recording of a... Conversation that I had at all together now, and um, this was produced by Vicky Curtis, um, who is just a brilliant, brilliant pal of mine, and she put together this panel, and we discussed allyship, um, which sounds a bit like lofty and highbrow, but it was really fun, like really smart. There is a lot to enjoy here, um, and I would highly recommend that you listen to it. Even like I know how sometimes if you get something different from a podcast, you're like, oh, I won't bother listening to that. Honestly, I really think you'll enjoy this, and I hope you will stick around. Thank you again to Vicky for. Putting Together such a brilliant, brilliant panel and also giving me the audio so that I could share it with you. I will be back next week with a normal episode. I'm sorry for I'm sorry for in so many ways. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have had the week that I've had, and I'm sorry that I wasn't able to give you a full episode this week, but I really hope you enjoy. Thank you all for being here. Really appreciate it. Um I feel like the when you read the subject of this conversation, a few people have said to me over the last 24 hours, I'm coming. I don't really know what that means or like <laughs> I don't really know what I'm gonna get but um it can be a little bit intimidating these kind of concepts of like allyship and intersectionality but we're gonna keep it super accessible today because we need to talk about these things and we can't be intimidated out of talking about these things because we feel like we don't know about them so I'm the first person to say I have a lot to learn on literally every subject in the world and um, so I will be asking all of the stupid questions today on your behalf um, I'm Louise Makshari, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Nice to meet you. <laughs> OK, we've got such a great panel today. I'm really, really excited about getting into this conversation. And then, of course, we're going to have music from Pillow Queens at the end, which I'm sure like a lot of you are here for. So um, I, I don't blame you. I'm also partially here for that. Um, so first of all, I'm going to ask our panelists to introduce themselves and um, give a little bit of background in terms of why they're here. We'll start with you, Louise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just
2: thinking there, I was like, I didn't actually prepare this bit. Um, hello. I am predominantly a journalist, and I write about music and disability rights, and uh, now I DJ non-step in the Bank of Ireland installation up there, so uh, <laughs> swing by, I'll give you a mortgage.
0: <laughs> Louise gave me the best 90 minutes of my life last night when she played Spice Girls' solo tracks in the Rockshore area. Stunning. <laughs> Um Ruan, a little bit about you.
1: Hey folks, my name is Ruan, my pronouns are he and him. I'm the executive director of Shout Out. We're, we're a charity that goes around Ireland and we go into schools to talk to young people about LGBT issues and tell our stories of growing up LGBT because it can be kind of crap when you're in school. Uh, so that's why we started, just to make schools a little bit less crap for LGBT people and their friends. So we'll talking a bit about that today.
0: Ruan let's talk about you said your pronouns there and as you said them I was like I should have done that um, and I think a lot of people are confused my pronouns are she her by the way and I think Louise do you want to um, she her yeah. But, yeah. I think <laughs> that. <laughs> I think a lot of people are confused about why people might have their pronouns in their bio say on social media or why they might say them in this situation so could you maybe explain a little bit about why it's useful to do that
1: Totally. So I think it's something that throws a lot of people like I've had conversations with people where they're like, I don't use pronouns, or I'm really worried about using pronouns. You're already using pronouns. So it's okay, (laughs) calm down. We're all using pronouns all the time. And the reason why I guess I or various people might give their pronouns at the start of a talk or anything like that is so that you know how to refer to me. We do it in school workshops the kids all get it they're all a bit smarter than us <laughs> but so that you know how to refer to me and it also can make trans people feel a bit safer and yeah. feel a bit more included it can go a long way it's a little bit i suppose maybe awkward you might feel a little bit on the spot the first time you do it but it gets easier after a while
0: yeah thank you pradeep tell us a little um, bit about you
3: hi i'm pradeep Hide uh, i'm from india originally and now i'm in irish and um, now i'm irish th- Citizen, um, I. W- <laughs> so um, my work is uh, visual art, uh, writing, film, filmmaking, illustrations. Uh, I do really outrageously sexy queer illustrations. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm a founder of Queer Asian Pride Ireland. Copy. This is community uh, group for uh, first, second generation of Asian, uh, origin queer Asian people living in Ireland uh, as well as uh, supporting uh, newly uh, immigrant queer people in Ireland. Um, Also part of Irish Stammering Association and we promote uh, Stammering is uh, fine on stage or on podcast uh, or television.
0: Yeah. How many languages do you stammer in, Pradeep? Uh, I stammer
3: in four languages.
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> OK, we lose. <laughs> OK, um, I think we should start with two terms, allyship, and intersectionality because I think a lot of people can be unclear about what those mean and I think also people can have their own individual interpretations of what that means and um, so Louise maybe you could tell me a little bit about what allyship and, and uh, intersectionality mean to you
2: yeah I think uh, the role of being a good ally is not making me do the work for you to understand so I am always amazed by my friends that do a lot of research when it comes to access um, without putting that job on me because like there's enough to be doing uh, <laughs> and it's also just doing things and not actually making a big song and dance about it, like, I, I don't think anybody needs to give themselves a big pat on the back for doing a good job um, mm. about learning how to kind of be considerate of other people, so being an ally um, is say all of my friends who were just wiping mud off me, <laughs> <laughs> off my hands <laughs> off my face, off my wheels I got kind of bathed like a beached whale with water <laughs> Um, and that was perfect I loved it Uh, (laughs) so I think allyship is just being there and knowing how to be there without making me do the emotional labor Um, and then intersectionality is just remembering you're not the only person in the world just remembering you are not the center you are not the Sun or the moon there's millions of people around you and nobody's the same so remember that everybody has different needs and you're probably not that important
0: (laughs) love that definition not one I read on the internet (laughs) Ruan Um,
1: I guess for me allyship should be a given and that's kind of something that we talk about in schools as well like we talk to young people about what it means to be an ally, and we operate off the assumption that most people want to be allies but maybe don't know how to be allies or are scared to stand up for folks. And again, most of the young people that we meet will say, yes, they do want to be allies, but they don't know why they need to be or they don't know how to be an ally themselves. And then intersectionality is a funny one. I think I used to think of it as this like points game where if you had more marginalised identities, (laughs) you were winning but also very much losing. (laughs) Uh, so I did a little bit of my own reading around it and I was like, okay, no, it's actually more so about understanding that if you hold more, more than one marginalised identity, you'll be more discriminated against or more heavily discriminated against, but you'll also be discriminated against in different ways. Yeah. So for example, like every Irish trans person has an awful time within the Irish Health Service because the waiting lists are three to seven years. We've got the worst trans healthcare in the EU. Uh, Worse than Hungary, worse than Poland. Sorry, who booed?
0: I love you. Boo! (laughs) Yes, boo! Uh,
1: And actually, one of the reasons why ours is considered the worst is because there's additional barriers for certain groups. So if you're autistic and trans, you're far less likely to be able to access healthcare because the Irish Health Service doesn't think that you can make your own decisions. So that's a huge intersectional barrier that autistic trans folks have to deal with, that I, as as a neurotypical trans person, don't have to deal with. So it's considering the fact that we're all having a crap time in the system, but some people are having a far worse time, and how can we try and remember them in our allyship as well?
0: Yes, love that, so well explained. Pradeep?
3: Okay, so I understood allyship is something I need to first understand my privilege, Mm. because that's come with this responsibility that, uh, so for example, I give uh, my own example. So when I was in this country, on um, indian passport i had certain limitations mm-hmm. in my activism mm. what i said how i how i uh, conduct my activism but now since i got irish citizenship i understood my uh, privileges and that and that use as power to uh, uh, empower Queer people of uh, immigrant from uh, f- from that marginalised um, marginalised uh, marginalized backgrounds to give them support um, and listening to their stories. So allyship is one important thing that you don't need to be uh, do anything with rocket science. You just be nice to that person to whom you want to help. And uh, most of the time um, when, I, uh, when I work in the corporate sector, allyship is something very performative, mm. showing I'm your ally. So it's not fashionable. Mm, it is very subtle but consistent process that you have to really feel in your heart that you want to support someone without uh, making any social media post about it. (laughs) I love that. And intersectionality is, is also interesting for me because when you see the queer person of color or Asian gay man has a different life of European gay man or Or someone lesbian from Bangladesh living in Ireland, she has really distinct view about her sexuality and how she is conducting her sexuality and gender identity than any Irish lesbian. So this is such a um, a clear-cut example that um, again, it is not uh, rocket science. It is just understanding that different people have different needs, different view about themselves and how they project in the society and how society look at them.
0: I love that because you all gave slightly different definitions but the reality is um, summed up when you think about allyship and intersectionality It seems to me that it's really just about accepting that your experience is not everyone's experience exactly and that no two experiences are the same
3: yeah exactly and then it comes to important point that how we phrase inclusion and diversity and equality Mm -hmm. it is so subjective for for everyone and it is it is not healthy to put everything in one box yeah because when you talk about intersectionality, you need to understand that there will be different people in this room, like each one has a different view of themselves and, yeah. and their surroundings.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting because um, you mentioned kind of performative allyship. And Louise, I kind of would be very interested to hear from you on this, because I've heard some stories down the line uh, that you've had when you're out in the world, and people take it upon themselves to help you without speaking to you, um, and obviously feel really great about what they're doing, but actually are making you feel like shit. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so in the regular world where it's not a mud bath, um, (laughs) (laughs) people often just swoop in and grab my chair and and they start pushing me. And uh, what I say to them is, like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm helping you. I was like, well, you just grabbed me without my permission. They're like, well, I grabbed your chair. And I was like, well, my chair is me. So, like, it's, uh, I think people just need to kind of reframe the way that they think about uh, touching people and touching people's wheelchairs. But we kind of had a great, a very funny experience last night walking back to the campsite, which was uphill, muddy, raining. And um, loads of people came over to myself and my friend Fiona, and be like, do you want some help? And we were like, no. <laughs> we're like, we don't want this performative help. <laughs> 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 Took us like an hour to get home.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps we all go a little bit too far. Um, <laughs> but there is kind of a situation of uh, an idea, or that I perceive. People like to be the hero in these situations, and they just can't possibly understand that people with physical disabilities are out and about in the world doing things of their own accord. Like, sometimes when I'm walking my dog, people will say, do you want me to take the dog for you? I'm like, what? (laughs) You're just going to, daylight robbery. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it is. It's just I think people need to kind of like stop and think. like particularly in festival uh, environments when people are a little bit uh, more free-thinking. Uh, <laughs> wow, what an elegant way of putting yeah, it. No, no, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I a woman came up to me at Beyond the Pale and she came up to me and she's like, oh my God, you're incredible. And I was like, why? (laughs) Not taking it. And she's like, because you're here, you're in a wheelchair. And I was like, listen, I'm I'm testing out new responses to people who say these kind of things for me. She's like, okay, thinking it was like a really fun game. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, okay, so that was a lovely thing to think. And then she just went, (laughs) I was <laughs> like uh, that was a terrible thing to say I was like yes
3: but, um,
2: and then she like backed away slowly mort- mortified and then I learned my new line <laughs> I love that yeah what a winner
0: but that's the thing isn't it that like people can mean well but you just have to take that extra minute to think about how is this thing that I'm gonna do which I think is gonna make me feel good going to make this person feel you're nodding Ruan.
1: I had one recently where I met someone in a bar for the first time and she's like, oh, what what, what do you do, what do you do? And I was like, oh, well, like I work in you know, this charity and we give workshops in schools. And she's like, what do you talk about the workshops? I was like, oh, we talk about being LGBT. She's like, what do you talk about? I was like, oh, well, I talk about being trans because I'm trans. And like, I was gonna say, I don't love coming out all the time. It is kind of my job to come out all the time and talk about being trans all the time.
0: Yeah, really, you really <laughs> fucked yourself there. <laughs>
1: if I'm having a pint sometimes I don't necessarily feel like coming out but she's like oh you're trans she's like oh like that school shooter in the US the other week
0: no I was like well what about all of the other school
1: shooters who were not transgender or what about
0: all of the other amazing trans people that you could have used as your reference
1: so again hopefully she's regretting what she says too
0: (laughs) maybe she's here hi (laughs) hi Ruan, I actually think that's going to be one of those things that like in 15 years she's going to be lying in bed trying to go to sleep and she's going to be like, oh, for fuck's sake. I can't believe I said that. I hope so. Anyway, it's just when you're in that situation, how do you feel? Do you feel annoyed or do you feel like, oh, like this is just so stupid? Are you exhausted by it? Like what's what do you feel?
1: Usually, I will say nothing. I'll kind of just walk away and be like, that was bananas. And I'll turn to a pal and be like, wasn't that bananas? <laughs> and the pal will be like, that's bananas. And that, I suppose, is where an ally comes in and might actually say to this person to take the fear off me or yeah. to take the onus off me and be like, why did you say that? That was bananas. Because <laughs> I don't have the energy to be doing it all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, look, I'm not going to pretend like I have the same experience as you guys, but, like, I have been so impressed over the years. I've done a lot of writing and talking about being fat. And, like, when a friend comes to me and says, I read this thing and, you know, I I never thought about it before. Or I even I read your work and I'd never thought about that before. Or I've blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm so moved by that. It's so amazing when someone makes, as you said, does the work without, like, looking for a medal, kind of. And you know you, you know that they're doing it because they care about you, and it's coming from a really gorgeous place. But, but I think that people can feel genuinely awkward when they want to like acknowledge something about you. And you're like, maybe it doesn't always need to be acknowledged. Yeah. Pradeep, how is your experience?
3: Yeah, so I have this, my famous. So I have a huge repository uh, of experiences. So this is the funniest <laughs> one. Uh, One of the... Okay, again, I don't want to take any name, but (laughs) it's it's very controversial, and I will get easily (laughs) cancelled. So... uh, No one's cancelling anyone today, guys. Okay, Okay, that's an agreement. uh, uh, One of this um, LGBTQ plus organisation, National Hival, and they asked me uh, in 21, uh, 2021, that, uh, hey, can you come to the Pride event? And if you can hold the flag, because we are asking marginalized group people to come and hold the flag uh, for Pride uh, in Pride March. And we we will give you one voucher for sandwich and coffee. Um, And I said, um, uh, yes, I would like to, but uh, I would like to know your organization and who is running this organization, because Personally, I don't uh, care about this flag, if they're flag or not, okay? But I I would like to see someone queer people of color ho- instead of holding flag, they are uh, on uh, your board or director yes. or working committee. Love that. It has come with the sharing power and that's what lacking and, and then their argument was uh, we want to be better um, ally. I think you don't. You don't know to be do this. Do this act of ally, just asking people for uh, sandwich voucher and holding flag. Yeah. You can actually give people power and empower them to be in the decision-making yeah. Um, space. Yeah.
0: yeah. Beautifully put. I was uh, speaking to a friend of mine recently who does a lot of um, work during June, during Pride Month, going into businesses and doing talks and stuff. And um, I was asking him how it was going. And he was like, yeah, it's good. He said, it's, um, it's really interesting, though, because often these businesses have like committees who are in charge of you know, diversity and inclusion and all that kind of stuff. And he said, quite regularly, they will tell me in these big businesses that, Do you know, we actually don't have any queer people working here. And he was like, Oh my God, honey. I, can,
3: I can talk about it all night. All night.
0: <laughs> but he was like, Honey, you do, babe. Like, you definitely do. You're just not making them feel comfortable. And I think that's such a good illustration of like, you know, as you say, waving the flag and putting up the bunting and like being all about the gays and the queer people in June. But like, if you're not actually making people feel comfortable in their workplace, then like, what's the point? And there is a lot of that around, isn't there? Yeah,
3: and, and and you know all these uh, like uh, most of these organization, even the NGOs. are, I'm I'm uh, working with ERGs in Ireland, and I saw like how they run because I was part of the uh, global ERG for DEI and. And finally, this year, I step up from everything because I saw the, all the fakeness, the, 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 the fakeness of this inclusion and the diversity. And it is not uh, reaching out to the people and just putting people in all boxes. Mm. And it's just heartbreaking. There is so much money floating around. And it's not uh, reaching out to the real marginalized government. Yeah.
0: I'm interested to know, uh, because all of you do work, not, not, I know, Louise, you do lots of different work, but like, you do write about you know, your experience of life with a disability, um, and you obviously work, you all work in the area of, of your identity. And I'm wondering, does that mean, is, does that feel risky sometimes? And does it give people the opportunity to maybe kind of categorize you in one specific way and ignore the wholeness of who you are?
1: <laughs> i mean i it, it really depends on the context for me like to be honest if i'm in a corporate space there's sometimes that risk yeah but if i'm speaking to a young person in a school that risk actually isn't there and to be honest most of the conversations that we have with young people in schools are really nice for that reason they do actually want to see a little bit of who you are and understand your story a little bit better and they might take the piss out of you, which is totally fair because they're teenagers and they can scare you in that way. (laughs) But they'll be really genuine and really authentic with you. And some of the best kind of conversations we've had with young people were in the detention center in Oberstown for juveniles in Oberstown. And those were really good conversations because they tend to be smaller groups and also because the young people themselves are in a really horrible place. They're in the worst place they could possibly be. And they shouldn't be there. No young person should be in a prison but they're willing to meet you at your level and also challenge us a little bit about our stereotypes. So the conversations we had with them, yeah. they were like, we won't call queer people slurs, but can you go back after this and tell your friends to stop calling us scumbags because we're in prison? And again, it was about, I suppose, also having to look a bit about what we say and how we think. Um, and it was a two-way piece that you have to consider the wholeness of who you're speaking to as a young person as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, because obviously we're all up here having this chat and we're laughing about the horror stories. but. Everyone has to do continual work to try and be empathetic and understanding of the wholeness of people's experience because it's not just about being gay, being disabled, being whatever. Like, you know, we are all people. You're not just a kid in prison. You have a life, you have a history, you have other parts of your personality. And none of us are the finished product when it comes to this stuff, are we? Louise, are you the finished product? Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> perfect. Um, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> it's so it doesn't get better than this, baby. <laughs> um,
2: no, but it, like it is kind of interesting because like I, I don't do like a lot of interviews a lot because I find that the questions I get really do box me in. Yeah, and I find kind of in my earlier days of writing about being in a wheelchair um I would suddenly be pressed to it um certain questions and that's how I learned how non-disabled people viewed disabled people. So um there's a certain shamed T V presenter who <laughs> once asked me live on radio if I had a boyfriend um and I wasn't talking yeah yeah and, <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't talking about like relationships or dating, I was talking about building regulations and i Hello. and i i just kind of had this like really weird moment of being like is is this what they all want to know and then that sent me into a whole tiz of kind of like god do people think i'm sexist and not worthy of dating and it was just this like massive like whirlwind that some person just through a flipping question, I ended up writing a play called Why Won't You Have Sex With Me? Inspired by that shame TV presenter. Uh,
0: <laughs> did you ever tell him he inspired your No, work? I'm dying Maybe to. Maybe you should write him a letter, uh, <laughs> yeah. I heard all you have to do is put his name and Dublin on the envelope and it'll get to him. I think he'll find great comfort in it, so... Uh, <laughs> um,
2: but, like, I'm constantly learning. Like, the my reaction now to people, all of you, and I'm really sorry, I'm sure you're all lovely, um anybody who comes to speak to me who approaches me I'm like what is this clown going to say <laughs> like I just get everything like I I think people just always try to relate to me somehow so I hear about like they're aunties that have been paralysed in car crashes, and I'm at the front row of Caribou at Casapalooza, and I'm just like, <laughs> not the time. Are um, you just trying to run away? Or you're trying to go to the toilet, and you're hearing about uh, car crashes, death, paralysis, and all this kind of thing. And I'm like, this is not how we connect. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. So it's sort of like learning how to box experiences and um, just being a little bit wise about it all.
0: Yeah, I think you are so good though at like as you say practicing your responses and kind of making it clear to people that it's not always fucking appropriate to like question me about who i am like when we just met like
2: yeah another line i'm testing out right now is if someone approaches me i'm like i'm not talking to people today and and then i just walk away i'm
0: gonna take that one to the (laughs) bank. Um, we're nearly going to wrap up because we have music from Pillow Queens coming on. But Pradeep, what would be, you know, everybody here, has, you guys have been amazing, and I'm sure we're all on the same page. But if there was one thing you would like people to kind of come away from this thinking about, what would it be in terms of how they might be a better ally?
3: Uh, OK, so this is a uh, this is constant and consistent process. Mm. It is not just an eight hours job. It is, it is a constant uh, process and you need to understand. So f- for example, uh, from, from queer Asian background, I feel, and, and many people uh, like, who are from my background in, and in uh, my shoes, they feel this uh, Dublin queer space is very uh, racist and mm-hmm. sexual uh, racism. And when I talk about sexual racism, Uh, Most Irish activists and artists, particularly queer artists, they become very defensive. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I feel very um, not courageous or um, I'm not hoping to make any change. Mm. So I'm not here to make any change. So that's my first thing when it comes to the allyship. It is just to support people, just to listen to them. And that's what uh, I expect Irish culture should understand. This is a post-Trump, post-Brexit immigration pattern. More immigrants are coming here for various reasons, for studies, for for international protection, for uh, jobs and there is a significant number of them they come to this country because of, uh, uh because, because Ireland always promoted as a place where uh, marriage, um, uh, marriage and equality achieved so obviously most people from my background they come to this country just to come out mm. as and uh, living their true self but there is no space and there is no understanding and also, it is a, a culturally to understand when people come to this country from different societies, they bring their uh, different view of socialization, different view of uh, intimacy, different view of sex, uh, different view of shaming. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, and that all I think and uh, uh, allyship is come with that with that whole range of understanding. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just we need to think that we are not here to change anything. We just be patient to each other and yeah. listening to them. I love that. Listen,
0: yeah, everyone.
1: I think it's a bit of a scale. Like I think the bare minimum that we can all do is just to call out, sh- I suppose, call out the really egregious stuff like. Call out some very harmful people who may have been in and around here last year and mm. not tolerate the real extremes mm-hmm. of transphobia because those people are making our lives actively worse. Yeah, They're especially making the lives of trans women and trans feminine people actively worse. So I get off a lot easier as a trans man than trans women do and trans feminine people. So don't tolerate the more extreme ends. But also don't tolerate the kind of just asking questions, devil's advocate stuff about the culture wars of like pronouns, non-binary folks, trans women in sports. That is the kind of the bare minimum that we can all kind of be doing, is just recognizing that and having the energy and the confidence to call it out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell like one little school anecdote that I think is like the other end of the scale of like the most or some of the kindest things that you can do. And that's where you kind of like take maybe the confidence that you might have as an ally and match it with like some empathy and talking to the person that you're trying to support. We heard about this principal in an all-girls school, and there was a trans boy in that school, and he was heading into sixth year, and he was transitioning, so going by he, him pronouns and a male name. And the principal spoke to him, and she was like, okay, what would you like to do? Do you want to move to a boys' school? Do you want to move to a mixed school? Or do you want to stay in this girls' school? And the student was like, I want to stay in this school because my friends are here. I just want to finish leaving here. But he's like, I'm not comfortable for lots of reasons. He's like, it's an all-girls school. I'm the only boy now. I have to wear a skirt, after the bathrooms are stressing me out. And she's like, okay, don't worry about that. I'll sort out your name, I'll sort out the bathrooms. And she said, do you want to wear the tracksuit bottoms or do you want to wear like the kind of school trousers, the formal ones? And he's like, I want to wear the school trousers because I want to be, again, kind of less different. And she's like, okay, well, will you let me buy you the trousers as a gift? And so this principal went out, body uniform for the student that was way above and beyond what she needed to do. But that for me is kind of like an extreme of allyship of just kindness, support, and matching it to that person as well.
0: I love that story so much.
2: And Louise? Yeah, once again, I've been trying to go, what will I say here? Um, An anecdote, I think, will help. Wonderful. (laughs) So once uh, someone I know sent me a text uh, in December asking, where would I know that's wheelchair accessible that would sit 16 people on December 19th? (laughs) It was like December 2nd at this point. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know is the answer. And they're like, surely you know somewhere. And I was like, I don't know. I, I also, it's Christmas. Anyway, but it was one of those things of... They were trying to do something, trying to be inclusive, but then made me do all the work.
3: Yeah, gave you the job. And then
2: I realized, oh, I actually have to go to this dinner. (laughs) 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 They're being so helpful that they're making it known I have to attend. So uh, yeah, it's just the whole slapping on the back thing. Uh, Don't be doing all the work for me to kind of be like, you've made my life so wonderful. Um, So yeah, just do the work and don't expect much um, in return. (laughs) Yeah
3: so i have this another ex, uh, ex, uh, interesting view of allyship so uh, so i'm work so so uh, uh, so I'm part of act dublin and uh, i become part of act dublin because in my life back in india i've seen people dying with hiv and aids um, and then i become part of it and i did campaigns and activism and a lot of things oh, um hit them during lockdown open GMHS now campaign and what i found interesting i was part of this social group sports social group other uh, again again i don't want to take any name here but that whole group was dominated by irish white men, uh, uh predeterminately and this started, they they started gossiping that oh uh, Pradeep is part of um, ACT UP, so he must be HIV positive, and that just hurt me back because um, it, it's it's not your problem whether I am HIV positive or not. First of all, f- phrase it well. You can say something like uh, "person uh, living with HIV." I am mm. not I am not someone who who is um, uh, living with. Uh, HIV, but my experiences of my friendships and the relationships back, back in India, they have got me this sense like how is important to st- uh, st- uh, stood up for a cause when you, you have chance. Mm. Um, and that's something, understand that, that sometimes this allyship give you backfire and it might put you in vul- uh, vulnerable and um, isolation. I saw the lighting space. Mm. So th- this is so important to understand. It is not fun. It is it is a huge undertaking of well, the, the responsibility.
0: Yeah, wow, I think that's really useful to keep in mind. And what a good example. And how absolutely gross that someone would think it's appropriate to talk about that, like as if it's any of your business. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Excellent. Um, Well, look, I have massively enjoyed this. I hope that you guys have too. I really appreciate all of your contributions. Of course, Louise Bruton, where can people find you, Louise, and your work? Uh, Bank of Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, Sache Away, I think is the stage. Uh, (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, Legless in Dublin is my sub stack. Disabled people get free subscriptions for life. Disabled people have to pay because I'm not doing free work anymore.
0: (laughs) Everyone, where can people find you?
1: um don't find me this weekend but if you're looking to find a shout out <laughs> uh shout please support our work book us in for a school volunteer with us if you're very brave um and also support our work because things are really nasty this year for all the lgbt work in schools and libraries so please do what you can to help us out shout and we'd love to come to your kids schools to your workplaces and have a chat
0: and just to say, shout-out have, I think, some of the best merch around. So if you wanted to, like, win while giving, you could buy yourself some gorgeous shoutout out merch. Uh, Pradeep, where can people find your work?
3: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, QueerHus. You can see all sexy exotic, sexy uh, queer illustrations. OK, so. <laughs> uh, also, you can follow copy Queer Asian Pride Island. Um, I'm doing on a lot of events for copy And this year, I'm, I'm so proud to announce that we are having our first Queer People of Color uh, Film f- Festival uh, in October.
0: Love it. Very good.